Before we start this episode, the Bad Feeling team would like to acknowledge the unprovoked assault on Ukraine at the hands of Vladimir Putin. We stand in solidarity with the people of Ukraine and support them wholeheartedly in their efforts to maintain their freedom. We mourn their losses alongside them and support their fight from afar. To those caught in the middle of this senseless violence, we see you, we hear you, and we are with you. If you are looking for ways to support, you can find suggestions in the show notes of this episode. And now, on with the show. Warning, this podcast contains depictions of violence and foul language and may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Listeners, welcome to another spooktacular of a bad feeling horror podcast. It's your favorite ghoul friend, Gulia. And your spectral punk, Marina. Today, we're doing something a little different. So different, I'm not even sure I understand it. Ghouls, why did you bring me to an abandoned church? Isn't it haunting? I love it. Yeah, it's haunting, all right. In a Catholic middle school type of way. Ah, if Sister Maria could see me now. Oh, which part of you would that be? Oh, my left arm and her have a serious history. I've got stories. (laughs) Ask me about it later. Anyway, I thought it might be the perfect setting for our next story. Mm, You are a sucker for atmosphere. (laughs) Exactly. Now, settle into a pew while I share a haunting tale about a young girl who faces her demons. Here's the photograph. It was raining the day we realized my mother was gone. At first, I thought she'd wandered off. She had a tendency to do that during her episodes. Her dementia was starting to rule her by then, and she was becoming increasingly unpredictable. But then a night passed, and then two. And after the fifth mass search in the surrounding areas, the police told us to accept the inevitable. Perhaps she'd wandered off right into the ocean and drowned, they'd said. Either way, They seemed sure that she wouldn't make it back this time. Shit. I had gotten into the habit of searching for clues under the guise of packing her things when I found the photograph. A young girl I didn't recognize sat in what looked like an old-style photo booth. Behind her, a mural of our town's local pier made to look like a postcard. It had been tucked into a journal I had never seen before. As I flipped to the beginning, I noticed a note addressed to me. 
My Cora. I can only hope that you'll find this in the event that I'm gone. I write this now to tell you about a horrible secret I've kept, and one that has probably come back to find me. Know that I have always wanted to protect you, Mom. What follows is her account of a horrific night she survived in the summer of 1963 when she was 14, and the story of the girl in the photograph. Her name was Charlotte Grantham, but everyone knew her as Charlie. Tonight, the parents of Charlotte Charlie Grantham are pleading for anyone with information on her whereabouts to come forward. This makes the third day of her disappearance. I remember my mother becoming very wary around that time. I was the same age as Charlotte. I was also 14 with long permed hair, brown skin and brown eyes and I had also just gotten my first job as a photo booth operator at the pier. Janet, I don't know if it's a good idea you running off at night to work that photo booth. Uh, what? But I've been working at this for weeks now, and the day I start you change your mind? I just don't know if it's safe, baby. Do you want to end up like that girl there? Another black child lost to the demons of the night? You can't keep replacing white men with demons and assume I don't know what you mean. Janet Leslie, you had better fix that mouth before I fix it myself. <sighs> You're lucky I'm letting you keep that little job at all. Now, I've had about enough of this conversation. No night shift. <clears throat> I was ripe with anger for hours after that. The photo booth at the pier wasn't just a job to me back then. It was a form of rebellion. Despite her best efforts, my mother could never fully shield me from our era. I knew the world I was growing up in, and I was determined to exist in it the way I thought I deserved to. If that meant taking pictures of white folks all night just to force my way into their world, so be it. At least I get to see the ocean. <laughs> Lord, did I love that ocean at night. <gasps> Shit, I ride. Tina's here. You better run out and tell her you can't make it. <sighs> I want you back in this house in five minutes. Yeah, whatever. Excuse me? Yes, ma'am. Where's your uniform? My mother thinks I'm fit to be the next Grantham girl. She won't let me go. You're kidding. I pulled some major strings to get you this gig, Janet. Do you know how many friends I passed up because I thought you were the reliable one? Well, what do you expect me to do? Sneak out. Unless you'd rather us both be fired. Tina was one of Mom's least favorite friends of mine, and that was probably for good reason. She was never a good influence on me, but I didn't care. She had a way of making you feel seen and heard, and at that time, it seemed the world was determined not to do either, 
especially not for two young black girls. Tell you what, I'll drive around the block, you go up and change, and then just hop out your window like I showed you the last time. I knew it was wrong. And if I got caught, my mother would put me in a world of hurt. But there was a certain magic in the air just then. And suddenly, I could imagine myself there on that pier, looking out at that ocean, existing. But that was a child's naive dream. And had I known what I would be in for that night, I never would have gone. The pier was more alive than I'd imagined in my dreams. Neon lights, carnival games, laughter. And there was me, right in the thick of it. Tina ran the snack stand right next to my booth. She'd check in on me when she could, but her manager was a mean one. He didn't like the look of us doing anything but working. When a woman came back complaining about onions on a hot dog, she got chewed out so bad, she didn't even dare look my way after that. I spent the first part of my shift soaking up the atmosphere and snapping the occasional photo of teen couples. <laughs> I had reached a lull in customers and was doing some people watching when I heard it. I felt my breath catch in my throat then. I was alone in the booth. And, so far as I knew, the camera needed an operator to work. I could feel myself starting to panic, convinced that somehow I had broken it. I picked up the photograph and froze, recognizing the girl in the image looking back at me. Charlotte Grantham. <gasps> I turned in time to see a silhouette leave the booth entrance. I tried to yell after her, but... She stepped into the crowd, so without thinking, I started to run. I caught a glimpse of her in enough time to see that she was heading toward the abandoned mirror maze on the beach. But just as I turned to change course, I ran directly into a crowd of high school boys. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Where's the fire there, girl? This one looks like she's running from something, eh, boys? <laughs> Could be she stole something. That is what her type likes to do. Is that right? Did you steal something, girl? No. I work there at the photo booth. I'm just trying to return a picture. Let me by, please. <laughs> is that so? Well, you're in luck. Me and my boys here come to this pier every night, and we know everyone around here. Why don't you... Give us that photo and we'll return it. I, I think it'd be better if I return it. It's my job and I'd like to do it. Please, let me by. It felt impossible to me that I could be in the center of a crowd and not one person could see what these boys were doing to me. Or maybe they did see and didn't care. Small girl like you can get lost on a big pier like this. Especially at night, the darkness might swallow you whole. Well, would you look at that. You're a lucky girl. 
We know exactly where this girl is, don't we, boys? He pointed to the abandoned mirror maze, and I felt my stomach turn. We'll escort you. He grabbed me by the arm and proceeded to pull me to the secluded attraction on the far edge of the pier. As we walked, I looked for any sign of salvation in the faces we passed. But it was as if I was already a ghost, invisibly moving through a sea of the living. was dark and smelled of salt and urine. Remnants of beer bottles littered the floor and graffiti decorated the walls. I may have been young, but I knew enough to know that nothing good happened there. There was a shift in the air as we moved further in, and I suddenly had a creeping sense of being watched as we walked. Don't you worry, girl. We're going to get this picture right to its proper owner. We just have to get a little farther in. She's around here somewhere. Go on, keep walking. I'll let you know if you're going in the wrong direction. Please. I said, walk. I inched forward, watching my body contort in the wavy mirrors that lined the walls on my sides. I could feel the boys close behind me, their hungry eyes on me. I couldn't imagine what they would do, mostly because I wouldn't let myself. I'd seen the types of things people like them were capable of, and I didn't want my last thoughts to be full of those nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> Trick wall, try again. I thought of my mother and her love for me. Again. I thought of Tina, looking me in the eyes as I talked about my dreams, hearing me. <laughs> Ooh, almost, girl. Keep going. And I thought of the ocean, sweeping me up and blanketing me in its deep blue body. <gasps> it's just the wind. Keep going. What the fuck are you waiting for? I said, keep going. He grabbed me then, and threw me into a trick wall. I could see the anger rising inside of him as he looked down at me. You people just never listen to what you're told, do you? <laughs> Please. <laughs> Please. Shut up. Here we are trying to do you a favor, and you can't even appreciate it. How's that supposed to make us feel, huh? Before I had a chance to respond, something red glimmered in the warped mirror behind him. The distorted figure of a girl emerged. She inched closer, becoming clearer in the mirror behind him. I felt a figure at my back, and something long and pointed scrape the other side of the plexiglass. 
I turned to catch a glimpse of her. She stood on the other side of the trick wall, covered in a red glow. Her eyes were black and deep red. Pointed tendrils stuck out from her back. Who the fuck is that? Charlotte Crump. <laughs> what the hell are you? <laughs> soon we forget the sins we commit. Only three days passed and now a new victim. You boys really can't help yourselves, can you? Shut up. You shut your fucking mouth or I'll- Kill me? You've already enjoyed that pleasure. <laughs> How pathetic you are now. It almost seems unfair. But revenge isn't just a privilege when you die by the hand of another. It's a right if you desire it. I finally had a choice. Accept my fate and go to heaven, or buy revenge with my soul and become a red devil on earth. I'm tired of accepting my fate. She flicked her razor-sharp tendrils, aiming the points at him. Before he even had a chance to scream, she plunged them into his body and pulled them apart, slicing him into pieces that slithered to the ground. The rest of the boys tried to run back through the maze, but were cut down and sliced one after the other. Blood splattered the walls, and soon it became the only thing I could smell. I folded into myself, hoping she would forget I was still alive. When the last boy was killed, I heard her slowly making her way back through the maze. Look at me. I looked up and met her eyes. She stared down, studying me. For a moment, I caught a glimpse of the Charlotte that once was. A young girl, beautiful and warm. She dropped the photograph in my lap. One day, I'll have to come for you. It's not what I want. But that's the deal I made. Anyone who crosses my path has to die by my hand. But I promise, it won't be like that. She motioned to the slaughtered gang of boys. I hope when it's time, you won't be afraid. Until then, try to remember me as I was for as long as you can. She left me there on the floor of the mirror maze with the bodies of those boys. I remembered her photo in my hand and held onto it for dear life. Somehow, I found my way back to the photo booth, and from there back home, 
Tina tried to talk to me for weeks after that, but I never spoke to her again. I couldn't bring myself to tell her what happened. And somehow that felt easier without her friendship. The only remnant I have of that time in my life is that photograph. If you have it with you now, then you know Charlotte's finally come. But this time, I wasn't scared. And I remembered her every day of my life. It's been a few years now since my mother went away, and I miss her a little more every year around this time. That's when I pull out this diary and the picture of Charlotte Grantham and I read their story all over again. I hope to never meet a red devil on earth, but if somehow I cross one's path, I hope and pray that it's Charlotte Grantham. Until then, I'll make a silent vow to remember them both as they were for as long as I live. Okay, honestly, I have a grievance. No one ever gave me the option to be a red devil. That sounds so badass. Ah, Marina, I think you make a great ghost and host. I couldn't do this show without you. I'll take it. Thanks, schools. And thank you, listeners, for tuning into this episode. We'll be back soon with another not-so-heavenly tale. Until then, I'm Marina Longdead. And I'm Gulia. Remember, listeners, the demons in your life could be lurking just around the next corner. Keep your eyes peeled. A Bad Feeling Horror Podcast is an original production of the Ride or Die Chicks. The photograph was written, directed, produced, and edited by Mercedes K. Milner. Additional music and sound effects found in this episode are from Zapsplat and Free Music Archive. Our original theme music is by Christopher Adrian. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at A Bad Feeling Horror Podcast and ABF Horror Pod underscore official. Thanks for listening.